Hi, my name is Jackie and welcome to After the Last Page, a show where I read books of all genres, some trending and some not, and I'll give you my unbiased reviews. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of After the Last Page. My name is Jackie, and this is a show where I review books, some trending and some not. Now, I have been doing a few more brutal reviews lately, Um, but today I'm pleasantly surprised to introduce to you The Lifestyle by Taylor Hahn. Now, this is a relatively new release. It was released in June of this year, so I am just finishing it up for this month. Now, this book was brought to you by Book of the Month. The hardcover is 319 pages, and it's actually a debut novel. Now, Taylor Hahn is a writer and lawyer based in Los Angeles. She is a graduate of Loyola Marymount University and Fordham University School of Law. The Lifestyle is actually her first novel, and it's published by Anchor Books. Now, this book is a contemporary romance, and it features swingers. It also features a love triangle, but most interestingly, this book is actually inspired by Emma and is what is considered a retelling. So, let's get into today's synopsis. In the lifestyle, Georgina has the perfect life. She has a great apartment in New York City, she works as a partner in a law firm, and she's happily married to a sensible man she loves. Yet, their relationship doesn't seem to delve beyond work lately, which often bothers Georgina. When Georgina comes back from a meeting with a client and sees her husband's office light on, she takes the opportunity to spice things up. Except, when she opens the door, he's already with another woman. Heartbroken, Georgina is quick to think about leaving her husband, Nathan, but she has no clue how she'd survive on her own. After all, her marriage is the one all of her friends admire, right? With a bit of trepidation, Georgina takes med rice from her client and decides she knows exactly what will save her marriage. Her and Nathan will become swingers. As Georgina decides to enter the world of swinging, she turns to her friends for support, only to learn that they're having trouble with their relationships, too. Together, the three friends take their respective partners and start a new adventure that they hope will reignite romance and help each other to reconnect. Now let's get into a short reading from this debut novel. The real evils, indeed, of Emma's situation were the power of having rather too much her own way and a disposition to think a little too well of herself. These were the disadvantages which threatened Aloy to her many enjoyments. Jane Austen, Emma. Chapter 1 Georgina Wagman's life was so good she felt bad about it. Not so bad she changed anything, but bad enough she made it her mission to help others reach their potential in life, career, and epicurean delights. So, it was with the best of intentions that she ordered four boxes of the richest, crispiest cannoli in New York City for the junior associates working late on Friday night, and hand-delivered them office to office. How could she have known they give everyone food poisoning? The Italian bakery was A-rated by the health department. Or that the 30th floor restrooms were closed for cleaning? 
Building management should have waited until after hours for that. Everyone knows lawyers work through dinner. Sweaty and groaning, the associates had scattered thirty minutes later, some to the privacy of their apartments, others to the stairwell in search of a restroom on a different floor, except one first-year associate named Meredith DeLuca. When Georgina had stopped by Meredith's office with a box of cannoli and a display, she'd politely declined. "'I don't have much of a sweet tooth,' she'd say. "'Only bad cannoli are too sweet,' Georgina had insisted. "'Anyway, I'm a vegan,' Meredith had said, and that put an end to that. All of Georgina's fellow partners at the law firm of Ryan, Dunn, and Chandler, LLP, were assigned a junior associate to mentor, and Georgina had landed Meredith.' While most of our colleagues fulfilled their obligation by begrudgingly taking their mentees to lunch on the firm credit card once a year, after their performance reviews, Georgina considered herself a Sherpa, leading Meredith on a treacherous expedition of Mount Everest. She'd framed Georgina Wagman's top 25 tips for being a star associate without missing sleep and presented it to Meredith on her first day in a gift bag and tried not to be offended when she never hung it up. Meredith accepted her advice with grace if not enthusiasm, but Georgina was determined the relationship would become more than a formality. If only Meredith would ask a question or two, seek her help in counsel, then she could prove her trustworthiness. But Meredith wore her red hair in tight black suit like an electric fence, forcing everyone to keep out. She never attended firm happy hours or holiday parties, and she declined every one of Georgina's 37 lunch invitations. Was that Georgina's fault for choosing the wrong restaurants? Now that she understood Meredith's palate, she'd pick somewhere with salty vegetables on the menu. If Meredith was hoping Georgina would eventually get the hint and stop trying to be her fairy godmother, she was wrong. So wrong. Georgina Wagman would not go down without a fight, especially when her intentions were good, which was always. If only they'd been a little less good in this particular instance, Meredith DeLuca wouldn't have been the only associate to stay late in the office. Now, getting into today's review of The Lifestyle, I wanted to rate this book by Taylor Hahn four out of five stars. Now, I'll be honest, I never expected to pick up a book about swingers, yet I have a book of the month subscription, I saw it this month in the selections, and it was just impossible not to order it. It sounded so good. And you guys know just how much I love reading books about topics I've never read about before. That being said, I am going to admit it's a little bit weird that I read a book about nuns and a book about swingers all in the same month, but I digress. Getting into the lifestyle, I had a bit of a hard time. The first chapter was great, but I didn't love how the friend groups were introduced. There's maybe a good 10 pages of background information about these characters that I didn't feel was necessarily needed. Though, as an Emma retelling, this might be a device Han wanted to use to establish similarity between the two novels. Now, if you've read my recent review about Ayesha at last, I also have a podcast episode about that. That particular book was also a Jane Austen retelling, but that one was focused on Pride and Prejudice. Now, I focused quite a bit of my review on that book about the similarities, or lack thereof, between the book and Pride and Prejudice. While I'd like to do that for the lifestyle as well, 
I have to be honest and admit that I actually haven't read Emma, even though I am familiar with the story. So I guess that's my cue to add it to my TBR list. So for my sake, I'm not going to analyze that aspect of this book today. However, I do want to talk a lot about the characters in this book because that's really what stood out to me. There are essentially three couples here, Georgina and Nathan, who are our protagonists. Then we have Nora and Ari and Felix and Alina. Each of these characters are wildly different, which certainly makes this story interesting. Georgina and Nathan are the typical unhappy married couple. They've been together for, I think, seven years. I believe it's seven years, they say. And yet, they've already lost their spark. They're both very similar in that they're committed to their work, but that doesn't actually seem to bring them any closer together. I honestly didn't see these two as a viable working couple. They both have such different personalities, and Georgina almost seems to view Nathan condescendingly. She looks at him with this really terrible negative perspective. And there are a few, there are definitely a few scenes in this book that made me wonder why she wanted to stay with him. Though she does admit after finding Nathan cheating that she doesn't want to start over, presumably because it would be difficult. We see this on page 44, where she says she tries to imagine leaving Nathan and starting over. Either he'd move out or she would. She'd live alone, cooking for one, or eating at the office because she'd have no one to go home to. She'd have to start dating again, creating web profiles on Match.com, or whatever apps people's in their 30s and 40s use these days. I mean, that's just depressing. That's so depressing. While we don't know Georgina very well yet at this point, it infuriated me. It really did to listen to her say this to herself as a feminist, as someone who's been in and left in a long-term relationship of seven years, actually. Leaving is one of the most empowering, invigorating things that you can do, especially in a relationship like this. Yet for as old as Georgina is, I think she's like in her early 30s. She isn't exceptionally wise when it comes to relationships, even though she claims to be. She like she claims to be this matchmaker. She says her relationship is perfect, and yet it's the total opposite. And I'm assuming that this is adjacent to Emma, and that's kind of where this storyline comes from. But I do also believe that Emma is quite a bit younger and more naive. Um, so... I, I don't know. This aspect, it kind of like it frustrated me, but in all of the best ways. So Georgina actually claims that she is what brought Nori and Ari together. Now, Nora is her best friend, and she regrets matchmaking the couple later on, wishing that she had matched Nora with Felix instead. Nora and Ari are a couple that seem unsuited to each other, connected only by their shared children. Yet, we learn different things about these characters later that Georgina just doesn't see. The three couples, Nora and Ari, Georgina and Nathan, and Felix and Alina, they encapsulate the most popular relationship problems and their stereotypes. And essentially, this is cheating, outgrowing each other, and incompatibility. To combat these problems... Rather than immediately leave each other, they jump into the swinger lifestyle together. Now, in this book, 
they they have a dinner. They talk about it. Georgina is surprised to learn that Felix is he has some experience with the swinger lifestyle. So that's essentially how this starts, though I'm not going to get into all of it because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. So one aspect I really loved about the actual group of swingers that they meet. So they go to these parties and there's all these different couples. Um, A few of the characters that really stood out to me was Quincy. I also really liked Martin. And there's another character called Marco. So each character has a very different personality. They're all very loud and eccentric. And that's kind of how they behave in the bedroom. Each character touches Georgina in some way, almost like a personal to-do list to get her to her happy ending. Now, the pun might be intended there. Yet every single character, aside from Georgina's friends, is in a committed, happy relationship that seemed to benefit from the swinger lifestyle. And I think the interesting thing is that many of these characters claim that they came into the lifestyle with the similar relationship problems that these three couples have. Yet, we don't see any of that from them throughout the book. They are totally blissfully happy with this unique trend that they've created. And, you know, it's become part of who they are. And it's really empowering to see that. Now, something interesting about the lifestyle that I had not expected was the lack of sex scenes. Although this is a book about sex, it's also not. It's really about Georgina finding herself, though there's plenty of romance too. While there are some sex scenes, none of them are particularly spicy or educating. Instead, they're really about Georgina's perspective of the scenes and how she grows from them. Now, I'm going to give a short example here. Um, One of the characters that Georgina connects with, his name is Quincy, and he's technically the leader of the group. And he's a little bit older. He's not someone that Georgina would see herself having sex with, especially given her high-profile career as a lawyer and how young she is. But yet, on one of these opportunities, she is matched with Quincy at a party. Now, Quincy's rule is that he and his wife do not have physical intercourse with the partners that they swing with. However, they do have other relationships with these with these other people. So, Quincy, he has like this special box full of what he considers to be toys, but he's really interested in touch play and how different textures feel across skin. And this is something that he brings to Georgina, and I think this particular scene is so important to how she changes throughout this book. It's, for her, when she goes through this, it's starting to experience something more than sex, more than intercourse, but rather understanding her own body and what her needs are overall. So I'm not going to spoil it by giving you guys a whole perspective about all of the different scenes that she's in. But I do want to make a note that even though this book does contain these different types of sex scenes, per se, they're not, they're not very spicy. The lifestyle is not really about the sex as much as it is about people-pleasing versus pleasing yourself. Georgina has to learn to stop trying to make other people happy and instead make herself happy. 
It takes her much of the book to figure this out, especially given her obsession with matchmaking when her own relationship is in shambles. Georgina is constantly trying to put on a front for her friends, and it isn't until she finally lets go and is open with them that she begins to truly find herself. And I think part of that, too, is about her becoming... When she opens up to her friends, she becomes open with herself. It's almost like all this time she's been lying to herself about how unhappy she really is. But because of Georgina's unique perspective, I would consider her an unreliable narrator. Now, if you're anything like me, I can sometimes see unreliable narrators as very frustrating. Um, I did a blog post earlier this year about Sophie Cousins' new book, um... Oh gosh, it was about traveling. I can't remember the name of it. It's on my blog if you want to read it. Um, but that particular narrator was unreliable. And oh my gosh, it was so frustrating. I could never get past it. But for Georgina, it almost works out in her benefit. She's entirely unsure of what she wants, even though she seems to have it all. And in some ways, that makes her character stronger because it's so realistic. I mean, at this age group, you know, in her late 20s, early 30s, so many women are going through this. I'm going through it right now. So for me, it's almost a book that I see as something to heal from. And reading it really made me feel like other people go through this. I'm not alone. And it was really great breakup book material, even though it is a romance. Now, overall, I really enjoyed the lifestyle. I thought it was a really unique perspective on an age-old genre. I mean, we've seen this empowering growth-type trope over and over and over again in genre fiction. We're constantly hearing about couples cheating, women leaving their husbands, leaving their wives. You know, they, they're around. We see them everywhere. But a book about swingers? I really appreciated how Han crafts this together, especially incorporating the love triangle, which I did not talk about at all in this complete review. But trust me, it is good. While I can't attest to this book's particular similarities with Emma, I did think it was a really engaging read, and it kept me interested the whole way through. Now this is, it's a little over 300 pages, but I'm going to be honest, I think I read this in three days. It didn't take me long at all. It was a nice, quick, fast read. And I think it'd be something that would be really great to take on vacation or, you know, to read out at the pool. Probably not next to your husband, but, you know, you get the gist. Now, if you haven't read The Lifestyle yet, it did just come out in June. So if you want to order it, there's actually a link on my blog where you can go through and order it. Now, we are Amazon affiliates, so I do benefit a little bit from this, so I probably should mention that there. But, of course, I always, always appreciate your support. If you've already read this book, I would love to hear your thoughts on the idea of this book being an Emma retelling, especially if you've already read Emma. And I'd really like to know whether you guys would rate this the same as I would please be sure to actually comment on the blog post and you can subscribe to my blog at afterthelastpage.com for more updates. Now, I do have podcast episodes coming out every Saturday. If you subscribe and follow us, you will get the notifications for that and those posts are the same as the reviews that I post up on my blog. So they are synonymous. That being said, I do also post blog posts on Tuesdays and those blog posts only appear on afterthelastpage.com. 
Now, last week I talked about working in a library, which is my favorite job I've had yet. It is incredible. And there are so many things that people wouldn't know or understand about working in a library that I highlight in that post. So if you're interested in that, please go check it out. It is a great, great educational post. This week's post I just posted about was actually bookish roommates that I chose from books that I would want to live with. Now, I don't currently have a housemate, but I definitely would pick one of these five characters. So if you're interested in that, please go ahead and check that out on afterthelastpage.com. There are so many great things on my blog that I don't post on my podcast. Now, as far as the podcast goes, I know you guys love to hear what I'm going to be reading next week. So my review for next week will be The Kindred Spirits Supper Club. Now, this book is a romance involving ghosts. It's actually so, so interesting. I'm very excited to talk about it. And I just cannot wait to share my thoughts with you guys about this one. Now, again, if you're interested in getting updates, please subscribe to my podcast and those will pop up for you either in iTunes or Spotify or Anchor, wherever you like to listen from. I have also been thinking about joining Amazon Podcasts as well, so if that's something that you guys would like to hear, please let me know. That being said, I did want to put a little um, note at the end of this blog that uh, soon I would like to be adding readers and your viewpoints into my podcasts and my blogs. So if you are reading the same books that I am and you're interested or you have suggestions for me that you'd like to talk about on the podcast, please contact me. My email is Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, at afterthelastpage.com. I would love to hear from you guys. I'd love to have some of you included in our reviews. So please go ahead and reach out to me, and we can get that set up. If you're not sure what to read next, please go back and check out my blog or my last episode, lessons in chemistry. Thanks again for joining me this week. I'm so excited to bring a new episode to you next week, the Kindred Spirits Supper Club, and I look forward to seeing you all then. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks for listening to After the Last Page. My name is Jackie, and this is the show where I read books some trending, some not, and give you my unbiased review. If you liked this episode, go ahead and like and follow our podcast and our blog at afterthelastpage.com. See you next week.